all year I was critiqued about who I was. Nobody, I don't, yeah, yeah, the narrative, I don't fit the narrative. I don't fit in the box that y'all want me to be in. I'm too hood, I'm too ghetto. Y'all told me that all year. But when other people do it, y'all don't say nothing. So this was for the girls that look like me, that gonna, that's gonna speak up on what they, they believe in. It's unapologetically you. They've been telling her this all year. Peace, peace, peace. I am Philip Roundtree, uh, officially Dr. Philip Roundtree, but I'll discuss that at a later date. You are tuned into the April 3rd edition of Rhetorically Speaking. Props to you who will see this on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Facebook, you may or may not get this. Instagram folk, unfortunately, y'all not in the loop. That's just the game. So always make sure you subscribe on YouTube. So I want to just have this quick conversation regarding Angel Reese, the Angel Reese controversy. As you heard in her press conference after the LSU Tigers won the national championship, where she was named the most outstanding player, there was a lot of pushback. There was a lot of massage noir. There was a lot of blatant racism at the, at the intersection of gender that took place after the game by folk like Keith Oberman and by other white folk whose names I do not know and I have no desire to know. I wanted to have this conversation because for me on Facebook and, and talking about what took place as you saw in the video where she did the, and I'm not calling it the Tony, uh, uh, the John Cena. I'm calling it the Tony Yayo. I saw Tony Yayo do that first in a in a G Unit video back in 2001, right? We know John Cena colonized it, took it, and now it's the you can't see me. You dig me? Again, that's another conversation for another day. And so after Angel Reese did the you can't see me, the Tony Yayo right up in in caitlin clark's face she did she also did the ring she was pointing at her finger she gave her a little eye roll little sass right that's what folk gonna call it they're gonna call it the black girl sass my question was was she right was she right or was she wrong and i hate even having conversations uh assessing whether people are right or wrong in this situation but based off the pushback that she received from this white these white folk where she was called classless which was mind-boggling to me but then again it wasn't because we know how we know the, the types of coded language that's used when when we're talking about black girls, black women here in society, black folk in general. And so this is no different. So I could give you my visceral reaction when I saw it. I was like, I don't know if you should be doing this, Angel Reese. I don't know if you should be doing this. I don't know if you should be doing this all up in Caitlin Clark's face. Why? Because she scored a 30 piece, number one, right? She scored 30 out of, what did they have? 85 points or something like that. They got their ass kicked. They got their ass kicked. They got it handed to them. Now, Angel Reese, who's averaged 23 and 15 over the season, she had what? 15 and 10. And so my critique was, you weren't dominant enough in this game to be walking up in somebody's face doing this. 
Not when you ain't even guard her. I can see if you guard her, it's like, yo, you have 41 in back-to-back games. Because we know Caitlin Clark, the, the truth, right? Her, Maddie Secrets, these, 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 these white chicks can ball, right? <laughs> they can ball. And the reason why I bring up, because race is, is played a prevalent part in the conversation that we're having. Again, she was called classless. For me, that was, again, coded language. That speaks to somebody's character, somebody's way of life. And as she said, this is the type of, of, of dialogue and, and conversation that's been taking place regarding her throughout the year. No different than Dawn Staley on Friday, who Caitlin Clark gave the business to. Uh, yeah, who, who, yeah, who they gave the business to, 41 points, right? But she said, listen, we aren't thugs. We aren't brawlers. We're basketball players, and, and, and I'm not changing our style. And y'all need to watch what you say about my basketball players. And so we know, again, the coded language when it comes to black folk, especially black women, and not only in sports, but in the world. And so I gave my perspective, right? I just thought it was corny, <laughs> right? The behavior, because I can, I can address the behavior and, and, and not criticize the person. And so I say it's corny because, again, I'm going to go to the stats, right? I'm going to go straight to the stats. Yes, you might have balled out the rest of the tourney, but that game, that wasn't true. That should have been the other sister who had 21 points in, in the first half, who in the la her last seven games didn't have 21 points. She should have been the one like, you can't see me, you can't guard me. But that was just my position. But again, I understand why the, the, the narrative that has come out of this, especially for black folk, right? Because we're going to protect our own. There's this element of black protectionism when we find that we are being, um, again, oppressed, marginalized, unrightfully scrutinized, and it's not held to the same standard. Because again, when I saw Caitlin Clark do it, she was walking to the bench and did it to her teammates like, yo, they can't F with me. And I would have been cool with that if Angel Reese did that. If she woke up like, yo, 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 they can't F with us. Because it would have to be at us. Because I'm not impressed by 15 and 10. But that's just me, right? I'm not going to pretend to be a, a women's basketball connoisseur, aficionado. And that's why I, I have my guest, Crystal Woodley. First of all, I want to say that that is the Tony Yayo. Like, you, you know, G, you yeah, you brought that out a long, long. We've been doing that, right? Um, I don't think I, I keep hearing this this narrative around sportsmanship, right? And 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 women seem to be held to this higher degree of sportsmanship than we see in men's sport. Like you know, uh, guys stepping over guys, like very disrespectful from high school. We see it with Mickey Williams. He did it to somebody recently through college, through the NBA, and even overseas, you know, we see this, right? And I think what's happening is there's a shock to people's system because just like the refs in women's basketball, people seem to not have evolved um, with the game of women's basketball. We're still being seen as these supposed to be dainty, little, respectful, you know, high-class women. Whereas at the end of the day, an athlete is an athlete, a competitor is a competitor. And we know Angel Reese from Baltimore, you know, so, I, you know, not to say that we expect these players from certain eras or certain places to do certain things, but these are athletes. And I, I don't see it as like super disrespectful, because if you know anything about the basketball world, 
there's seven different cameras, including a drone around you at all time. And the way they make footage move and play it back, it looked like she following her around. She wasn't following her around. That's why Caitlin Clark says she didn't even see her. She didn't even notice her. But there's what, what I like people to understand is that there's several layers moving at the same time, right? In regards to this situation, you got your your misogyny, right? You got your you got your racism piece. You got your your collective basketball piece, and then you got the general public who either fall on one side or not, and 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 the heavy gaslighting that's taking place, right? So I don't see it as disrespectful because. Unlike most people, and I'm gonna say I've seen nothing but men speaking on this lately, like being the the heavy pushers of this, they ain't been watching this all season. They just started tuning in last week when they heard a white girl score 40 points and, and, and ESPN had her up and down because guess what? Before that, you saw Leah Boston up and down ESPN. You you saw a heavy game cop. You saw you even saw a little bit of Maryland and Virginia Tech. You wasn't seeing Iowa. A lot of people didn't even know Iowa, Warnock, none of these people existed until last week. So I feel like a lot of people are starstruck, right? Mm. So you jump this 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 starstruckness and it's like, remember when White Chocolate first hit the NBA? And he was <laughs> and everybody was like, oh, the white boy. They can't seem to get over the race of a person because if Caitlin Clark was a black person, we just be like, oh, she nice. We wouldn't be having no conversations around race. We wouldn't be talking about her doing the Tony Yayo. Like, you'd be like, oh, yeah, these girls balling. Like, and you just leave it at that because you think that's the culture, right? But because it is a white girl, and like you pointed out, these girls was balling this year. White girls across the spectrum. Every team, they were balling. But this ain't nothing new. It's new to people who are just coming into it so they're adding, they're, they're kind of like gassing these flames, right? But then that that racism piece um, has always been there, right? You know, this ain't Don Staley's first time clapping back at ESPN writers and reporters, right? Th this is something that was going on when she was at Temple. You know, this is stuff that, you know, people spoke about when Gino, you know, when Gino was running it up, and he was hyper confident in his girls and stuff like that. Nobody called him arrogant. Nobody called him overconfident. Nobody ever said he needed to be humble. Nobody called his his girls thugs or or bar fighters as the Iowa coach called South yeah. Carolina players. Yeah. You know, and 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 you know, so there these things exist. Like we're 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 so far into that, like we're nowhere near out of that. But now when you compound that on top of now you got a white girl being referred to as like the Steph Curry of basketball. And then you got the the algorithm doing what the algorithm is supposed to do. Get people talking, be real divisive. Even when you looked at the lineups and how they announced it, you got five black girls against five white girls. Like so everything about this just kind of played. It, it just all came together to create this bigger thing mm. than what it is. Because people that's in the basketball world, we don't care. We want to see that. I, I want to see more girls talking trash. I want to see that aggressiveness being played out. However, the the issue is when you can't get past that race piece, it it and 
you're 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 making something worse than what it is, right? Yeah. Kaylin been doing this stuff all season. She been making faces all season. She been doing that all season. Angel Reese been doing it all season now, but you know the media was attacking her all season, but they never attacked Caitlyn Clark, right? And even when you look at it from a, a place of stats, like as you mentioned the statistics, right? And Angel scoring ten and ten, she I think she had 10, 10 points, fifteen rebounds, or fifteen points, ten rebounds, right? In a system that's meant for her to do that. She's not going to score 30 or 40. She don't have to, right? Caitlin Clark all season long has had to score 40 points and 35 points for her team to get over the hump. It ain't like they was blowing teams out, right? Yeah. They lost to Maryland by 30, and she only had 27 in that game, which shows that in order for them to win, she got to do that because she's like 30 to 40% of their offense, right? So when you look at it from a system standpoint, a lot of people is, is hyping up the fact that she's scoring all these points, but she has to. That's the system, and it's built around her to do that, right? That's her game. Just like Steph Curry when he was at Davidson, you know, and when he first came into the league, and I'm going to throw in there, neither one of them played defense. <laughs> you know, I'm going to throw that out there because some of the GOAT, GOAT, but the GOATs don't play defense, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, so it, it's like you got new players who are just now seeing how exciting – women's college basketball is they're throwing their input in there you got the writers who always being negative and and, and kind of gaslighting or dog whistling you know dog whistle oh these girls they're playing rough they play like thugs they this they that you got that in the mix and then now you got this great white hope who comes out to rally up all the the white people who want to see don staley go down you know and they, they got beat, you know, like they got, I ain't gonna say they got beat, honestly, because I feel like the refs kind of, in both games, the ref has been horrible. The refs were horrible, right? Okay. But at the end of the day, you got winners and you got losers. Nobody is mentioning that Caitlin Clark literally walked past somebody in the middle of a final four game and waved them off. Like, I'm not even guarding you. That's the, that's the highest level of disrespect. That, that to me that's equal that's equal. like if, if i you, come if, to you and if you can't shoot you if you can't shoot you let him shoot you step off draymond green you step off of russell westbrook you step that's, off that's sister that's, that's the game plan that we we supposed to go with right that like you double like they did they double team Aaliyah boston you know stop them and force your guards force their guards to shoot that's one thing, but it's a whole nother thing when you don't even acknowledge somebody's presence and you wave them off like that. <laughs> okay. When we know that the viewership is as high as it's ever been, right? So let's say it was 19 million people watching. 19 million people just watch this girl go like this, like, hey, what about you? Where? Now on the flip end, you got 19 people watching Angel Reese go like this. Yeah, yeah. And so in your eyes, that's that's comparable. And I just want to bring before I let you go, I, I just want to bring up some points that you that you made. For me, this was this was and I didn't even watch the whole game yesterday, but this was the first women's college basketball game that I've that I've watched. Oh yeah, I don't at, at this point college basketball is, is you know, persona non grata to me. I don't I don't watch it anymore. I don't find it compelling. Clearly in the women's game, and I've saw you post about it, that 
you know, it's 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 been tough all season. I know I watched a couple, you know, quarters of like Maddie's Secrets because it's right in the backyard, Villanova, her score averaging like 29 a game. She's going on to the WNBA. Hopefully we get Angel Reese versus Caitlin Clark, but we know how the schools are. We know how they are with money. So we may or may not see that unless it takes place in, in the tournament, but just the visibility piece. And I think that's, that's a takeaway when it comes uh, from yeah, hopefully that's a that's a takeaway when it comes to yesterday's game where you have these high level athletes competing. Um, unfortunately, it's not in the WNBA, right? It, it, I take that back. It's in the WNBA, but unfortunately, the type of marketing and the beast that's behind college basketball is more than the WNBA. Um, and so, and so, with that being said, how do you see? this potentially impacting the women's game on a on a larger level do we need more rivalries i know in the nba you talk about yo it ain't no rivalries anymore all right so if if maybe if there can be rivalries if there aren't already but again i, I can admit that i haven't really watched much so what do you think th how this can impact the game this this level of attention i think this I think because the viewership was up, even the cost of tickets were $92 on average, more than the men's NCAA tournament this year. I think that this pushes women's basketball to a level that it should have been at at a long time because there were females like Kate, Caitlin Clark. You do have Kyrie Irving-like females that have come before, but you know, because of the lack of viewership or or the lack of you know, really spreading the talent across the place that you don't see it how it is right now. And because of people like Angel Reese being super vocal and and and, and like kind of making it fun, it's almost like watching reality TV at this point because you want to see, oh, well, oh, they calling each other out now. The game has been known to be boring and this, this and that. It, it's not that now. So I, I can foresee this pushing women's basketball to another level. However, like you said, the WNBA doesn't have a machine behind it like college basketball. Like yeah. that's college basketball to me is always going to be exciting because you have way more teams. You have you have way more players and you have anybody can be anybody on any given night. You know, whereas in the WNBA, your talent is isolated to a low number of teams and everybody can't make it. You know, if you make it, that's going to depend upon what team you, which, which rank, which number you get drafted. And if a team even needs a player of your caliber, like, yeah, your Caitlin Clarks and your Leah Boston's, we know those guys are going to go, but what about the Carsons that, mm -hmm. that you don't go all season long, but your bench player come on and have five for five, hit 21 points in the first half of a, of a championship game, those yeah. types of things are unheard of in the WNBA, mm, but college okay. gives you a, gives you a, a opportunity and a platform to show up like that. You know, the, it is just, I, I, the WNBA is going to have to really, after seeing how this unfolded, the WNBA may have to go to the drawing board and be like, what, what are we doing? Yeah. You know, yeah. It, of course it's way better now than it was 10, 15 years ago. But the way college basketball, and I put up a post yesterday about this, um, saying that this could potentially be a rival moving forward now, because now you're going to have players 
come into these programs, you know, remember at one time it was just UConn, but now everybody want to beat the Giants. Nobody want to play with the Giants, right? Mm -hmm. So you have all these new rivals being pushed and then you got NIL deals behind it. So people will be incentivized to stay in school. Like, yeah, your top players are probably going to go to the WNBA. Why? Because they're going one, two, three round picks with Nike deals and stuff like that. So the money is there. But for those girls that's going to go third and fourth round may not get picked up. It's incentivized for them to stay in school. Not only will they get that extra year of college, potentially go to grad school, walk away with a degree, but then they got NIL deals to back them. Like LSU, I, I remember seeing a video a couple of weeks ago where they had Vanessa Bryant gifted them the, um, which I forgot that I forgot the name of the Mambas, but it's a Mamba shoe. Okay. She gifted they, you know, and Angel Reese and um, Alexis, the the point guard, they you know they use they nil deals to make sure their teammates was getting things. So it it's almost like the WNBA has to compete with college. Mm. Whereas before you wanted to hurry up and get out of college because you wanted money. Yeah. And you needed yeah. a job, probably found yourself overseas. So now the WNBA is competing with overseas and is competing with college. So it they they're gonna have to find a way to kind of incentivize. I don't know. You know, at this point, the way not even a lot, the way the college games look this year, you literally can make all those girls WNBA players. Word. Like nobody's really from Virginia Tech. The little girl from overseas, yeah, who yeah, yeah. Arguably, who arguably could score forty points a game too, like Caitlin Clark. But that system at Virginia that's Tech isn't—that's not how that system is built. And people gotcha. forgetting that Virginia Tech had the transfer from uh, Maryland, um, Ashley Owusu, who played with Angela Reese when they was both at Maryland together. So you see, there's a whole bunch of drama going on in women's basketball that's yeah. like reality that makes it exciting if you pay attention to it, you know, and, and paying attention to that is what helps the viewership by the time the tournament get around, you like, man, these girls been going at it all year long. I'm looking forward to this person. I'm looking forward to that person. And, and it just makes it more exciting. It's just unfortunate that the media propaganda. And like I said, those camera angles play a role on people's perception of what happened. Like, on two different occasions, yes, Angel Reese went like this. And yes, she looked dead at her and went like that. Yes, she did this. But it wasn't, people are making it seem like she followed her around the court for 20 seconds. Then the refs would have teched her up for doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's, the refs would have gave her a tech for doing that, you know? So I, I'm excited. I, I wish yeah. basketball looked like <laughs> I was playing. I would be not there and people facing us some more stuff. Like, yeah, no, and I think you highlight it again before I let you go. I, I, I do want to highlight that. I, I think it's something good when you have villains, quote unquote villains. I hated Kobe, right? I hated Kobe, right? And, and it's because again, I'm from Philly. He's a Laker. They beat him in the finals. That's a good thing, right? That's a good thing. So my uh, I'm not going to even say dislike of Angel Reese because on Friday when she, you know, they were down, they were losing and she scored like 
like like six straight points and she did a little mm-hmm. flex i was like oh all right do your thing do your thing i we need that bravado 24 7 but it's unfortunate when when those white voices come in and then we're forced to to pick sides and we have to choose yeah. instead of appreciating it um or not appreciating appreciating the talent but still like mm-hmm. yo you beat my favorite player you beat my team and so i don't necessarily like you but unfortunately this isn't where we are in society it's just not I- the, the villain, the villain is needed. You need a villain in basketball. You need it. You need it in every sport has a villain. Like people hate Tom Brady. Yeah. People hate Tom Brady. Like they wanted to see the, the the Patriots and everybody else fail. Like when when Seattle was winning, when when Russell um, Wilson is and the Seattle Seahawks and they had uh, what's old boy with the locks? Can't even think of his name. Oh, Richard Sherman. Um, yeah, Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman was a uh, oh, talker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just talk, he just spoke that gaslight language though. You know, so like it, it it's there and people want to see you fall when you when you when you talk that talk. But unfortunately, you know, as as black people, we do have to be mindful that when we talk like that or when we step up and go public like that, you better be prepared to have those arrows shot at you because then you know people are going to mistake your confidence for arrogance. They're going right. to say you're braggadocious. Like I've heard people when, when, when South Carolina lost everybody and their mother, I thought that y'all really hate Don, do y'all hate Don Staley or do y'all love Caitlin Clark? I couldn't really decide because it was equal. Like they was rooting for Iowa, but at the same time, instead of giving the glory to that, that great performance her and her team put on, they made it about Don Staley, not even Don Staley players. They made it about her as a coach, as a woman, as as this person that is is trying to push a culture forward. She needs to be humble. Oh, about time somebody took her down. She talked too much. She this. Why? Because she defends her players. Is she supposed to not have confidence? And she's supposed to not speak life into her her players and stuff. So, I think women's basketball and the WNBA they are going to have to step up and be the voice of reason and support these players and how they're moving. You know, like I said, all season long, everything that we saw in this tournament was going on all season long. Even South Carolina's performance. Some people don't know South Carolina ain't blow every team out. They got pushed to the edge a couple times, even overtime games. They was, mm-hmm. you know, go against. So people see their record and think like, oh my God, they just whooping everybody. No, they almost lost a bunch of times. You know, right. but these are things when you tune in year round, you know, and, 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 and we know kind of shifts your perspective on things when you've been watching the maturation of players and teams. Yeah, and when you're they, well, when you're well informed, like you are, right? Instead of the Johnny Come Latelys that the rest of the world has been when it comes to when it comes to women's college basketball. Listen, Crystal, I, I appreciate you coming through. How can the people get in contact with you? Uh, Twitter, Instagram. I'm on Instagram, C Woodley three. I'm on yeah, Instagram, C Woodley three. Facebook, Latsert Crystal Woodley. Same thing, uh, C Woodley three on uh Twitter. Word, word. Well, listen, I, I, it still ain't changed. I still think it was corny, the Tony Yayo, <laughs> but you know, my my perspective has shifted a little bit just on how we're viewing college basketball, women's college basketball as a society, and why it's important that we elevate these women, right? Because again, 
They're, they're the talking points today, right? And unfortunately, it's not for reasons that have to do with them, but due to others. So yeah. listen, we all we all should be mindful about how we're showing up in these different spaces and, and, and be mindful of the language that we're using, especially when we're talking about black women. So listen, yeah. I might be back tomorrow for anybody who's tuning in. I might not. We'll see how I feel. But until next time, <laughs> peace.